Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 22, with Steve Bremner. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really excited to have Steve Bremner with me today. Steve is a Canadian-born missionary to Peru who stopped off in Florida for his ministry education. He's also a blogger, an author, and the host of the Fire on Your Head podcast. In fact, I first found Steve through his podcast, and I really enjoyed it. I loved hearing how God was using their ministry to bring people to know Christ and to advance the kingdom. Okay, Steve, now I've given just a little tiny introduction. Can you take a minute and tell us about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get to know you personally. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, Brian. Uh, like you said in, uh, in that nice introduction, that uh, you know I, I live in Peru and uh, I've been doing a podcast at the, at the same time. And the long story made short, I've been in Peru for five years and the last half of it I've been a part of um, a missional community, as we call it, where our core focus or our core value is discipleship and training disciples to make disciples. And it's been sort of slow moving for the first year or two. And now my wife and I are launching out and starting uh, our own missional community uh, with our our leaders' oversight. So Steve, now most of the people who listen to the show are actually in the States called to the marketplace. And it's sometimes a little bit difficult for us to have a picture of what life might be like for you. It's possible that some of us have a picture that it's exactly like life in, in the U.S. or perhaps in Canada where you're from. And other people think that missions is only the jungle, you know, and it, mm. it's life that's completely different. So can you tell us just a tiny bit about what life is like for you? Yeah, sure. Well, like on a practical level, um, my wife and I, who who is Peruvian, we live in a, in a mid to lower class area of, of a city called Chirios. And it's, it's not the jungle, but a lot of students in our, our ministry school come from the jungle. And so a lot of our lifestyle is not that much different than if I lived in North America. But uh, like I was telling you offline, we li- our building is concrete. Mm-hmm. And so that, that makes it cold in the winter, hot in the summer, <laughs> no AC, no heat. Uh, and you know, not that our winters are like, you know, Northern Canada or something, but, um, but you feel it go through you, you know, with the humidity. So there's, there's, you know, minor inconveniences like the, there's no heat, there's no AC. Um, you know, we are, you're not going to get scolded 
having a hot shower in our our hot shower. <laughs> like it's, uh, we had to buy a, a heater for it, uh, and for months before winter came, I'd just been having normal, uh, tepid uh, showers. Uh, and so, so I, I mean, I've been here long enough that I'm I'm used to some things, and I, I can forget what's um, new until I go home to North America, or or not home. I, I go to North America visit family or something, and the the, the water pressure in the shower, uh, you know, that's like the first thing I I get readjusted to, or um, you know, certain um, things like food or or candy and and sweets or. Uh, coffee type of joints you want to go to, like just little things like that that you don't think of. Like if you if you went on the mission field for like a month, you could adjust to. But then as time goes on, you start to realize, I really miss being able to get TV dinners or, or or you know, hot pockets or something, you know, or or crunchy peanut butter. It's just it, like these little things start to dawn on you. Um, but otherwise, um, I don't think it's oh, and not being able to drink the drink the the tap water. That's uh-huh. that's another thing, uh, and I think maybe some of your guests know, you know, know what I'm talking about. And so, um, you know, needing to buy a lot more bottled water than than uh, I'd be used to back in North America, or uh, filtering your water, or things like that. There's just there's just there's more subtle differences than there are major differences, uh-huh. I think. Um, and how slow things are, how how long it takes to get things done. Um, that you just get used to. Like when my wife and I first visited Canada, when I when I brought her to Canada with me for her first visit, uh, one of the things we noticed when running a few errands was how how fast we got some things done one day <laughs> yeah. compared to to here. So there's a lot of subtle differences, I think. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing that. Now that we know you a little bit and know a little bit about what your life is like for us, can you share with us a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then share with us how that quote has really helped shape your behavior? Right. Well, uh, the quote would have to be from Reinhard Bonnke. And he says something something to the effect of, a man of God doing God's will in God's timing is unstoppable. And the, the way that quote has always helped me focus uh, you know, when you look at the life of somebody like Joseph, who had these dreams in his adolescence, but then it wasn't until his early 30s that he was really serving with with Pharaoh, and and the things he he dreamt about were coming true, right? It's like, yeah, um, it wasn't God's time until like later, and and so you know you have him in in prison and stuff like that. But for me, it's like if God's if God's told someone to go on the mission field or or to do something in ministry or start this you know podcast like you're doing. Then, if you're you're doing what what God wants, you're doing it in His timing. Um, you're unstoppable, and that includes uh, the finances and the provision for it. And so, I've held on to to quotes like that that um, encourage me when the finances don't look like they're there. But if God's you know made it clear to me, or or now that I'm married, you know it's it's been made clear to my wife and I. We have that same witness. This is where God is having us go, or do something, then then he'll make sure we can do it, you know. Or you know, there might be spiritual resistance. There might be, uh, you know, because I say that, but on the other hand, sometimes it feels like if if God's told us to do something, that money does its very best to stay away from us, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, it's like um, if if you're truly doing what what God has told you to do, then then in a way, you're unstoppable. You know, uh, you know, provided you obey and you you do what God's telling you to do, um, then 
he can he's going to bring the, the fruit he's going to bring the harvest he's going to bring the resources uh, to make sure that you can get to that goal uh, and so that's helped me a lot over the years like i've been in peru five and a half years now and there have been moments where i really didn't know um you know the next month or down the road or something around the corner like how god was going to make something happen you know like major moments like our wedding uh, the birth of our child um you know if if a supporter um uh, cuts us off and and you know uh, uh, lets us know they can't um, support us anymore or are right. unable to or don't want to or whatever um you know in moments when that's been a large portion of our support uh, okay god you've you've got to make this come through and so um that's helped me in in the moments where um we've not known what's next or how god's going to come through uh, so that that definitely is is a huge encouraging quote I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it my life quote or anything like that. But, um, yeah, as you asked, that's what comes to mind. Wow, I got to tell you, Steve. After that, I could almost stop the interview here on a personal level because that really spoke to some of the things that are going on in my life. Uh, wow. So I, I very much appreciate that. Um, and you alluded to the fact that there are sometimes challenges, and in fact, we know that that's the case in everybody's life. You know, we think that other people often go through life and everything is just unicorns and rainbows, but we know that's not true. So as we right. get started, we'd like to hear about a time in your journey where you faced either a challenge or a failure, maybe something where you were needing a breakthrough or somebody that you were praying for maybe needed something as well. We're looking for that picture of, uh, of that challenge in your life. Hmm. Um. You know, I was telling my wife before uh, doing this interview with you that, you know, I don't know if I really uh, feel like a missionary. I wonder, you know, if I really fall into the category of the type of people this guy, Brian, wants to interview. Because we've had so many failures or so many um, false starts where we thought something was what God wanted to do and, and, and then had to take stock of whether it's producing fruit or whether we're really on the right track or can we keep going forward if if the money's not there or, um, and I think, and you, you kind of alluded to this in the way you asked the question that, that, uh, you know, people think everything's, you know, unicorns and rainbows. And, and that's part of like the, the challenge of not even like, I'm not, I'm not saying this, this happens on your podcast from, mm -hmm. from the episodes I've listened to. Um, but the, the problem is with, with newsletters and Facebook statuses, uh, if missionaries come home and they're sharing at churches and stuff is there can be that challenge where you only hear the positive stuff mm -hmm. and not the challenges. You know, right. if, if, if we're coming home and we want, um, you know, to, to get people to sow into us or invest in our ministries, then, then, you know, we don't share the, the screw ups or the, <laughs> the things that are going wrong or where we, we, we had to give up on something, uh, that wasn't producing fruit that, maybe you saw when you came down on a trip or something or, or that person that we saw get saved in a meeting and we wrote about in the newsletter and, and baptized. And then a month later they disappeared and, and had a kid or something, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, so you don't hear, um, the things that go wrong. And so I'm just kind of prefacing my answer to your question with that for the, for the listeners benefit. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes, um, you you try something over and over again before finally seeing fruit. Like I've been here five years and when I, I first came down here, um, you know, I believed I was going to be part of a, a ministry school and I was, you know, 28 or something at the time or 27. I, my, my time frame is getting iffy because I just turned 33, but I, it took years. It took me like four years before I was finally doing that because of other false starts or, um, you know, learning a language, 
learning the culture, doing things that are not so missionary-ish, um, you know, as you're, you're learning the culture and things. And, it, and it's not until like the last year that some of the most exciting stuff that I can tell you has happened in Peru in my life. It's not until the last year that those things have started to happen. You know, like I've seen more salvations uh, with our neighbors in like the last several months than I did before that. Not from like lack of looking forward or lack of praying for my neighbors or lack of evangelism, but just there's just something, I don't know, different going on. And and so if people only look at my my track record for the last few months, they they might think that it's always been that way. You know, like I've heard, like I've also heard from Reinhard Bonnke, like he didn't lead a single soul to Jesus the first two years he was in Africa. And now like people know who he is. Like, I mean, can you imagine if he gave up after two years, you yeah. know, but like he, he plugged through it and, um, a guy, uh, I know from uh, Bible school, or at least, you know, I'm acquainted with, uh, Daniel Colenda has, has become, uh, like the guy that's going to take over his, his ministry as he retires and they've led millions and millions and millions to the Lord. And so I think um, one of the, the challenges, if I could summarize it in a phrase or a concept, is, is perseverance. Mm-hmm. Uh, persevering in doing what God's told you and, and realizing some things take time and don't happen overnight and right away and um, fast. You know, some things really are a matter of sowing and sowing and sowing and watering that soil and watering that soil for a while before seeing some fruit, seeing some results. Yeah. And it might not come across when you read a monthly newsletter or uh, you can read a newsletter in, in like five minutes that might be summarizing that family's whole month. And they probably might not be including the challenges. Yeah, They might not be including the discouragements, you know? So, so can you share with us one of those challenges in particular? Um, what comes to mind is I remember about two years ago, we, we started this amazing Bible study, this amazing, amazing inductive Bible study. Uh-huh. And each of the people who were in it were, were, were new believers, were people who needed uh, to, to advance and, and grow in their faith. And we thought it was just the most amazing, brilliant um, way of discipling this, this handful of believers. And, and so we started that in my, my living room on Saturday afternoons. And in a matter of like months, it would be like from week to week wondering if we should even, you know, bother today because nobody showed up or like one faithful person showed up who, right. you know, was more like my my leader and, and my co-leader and not actually one of the disciples. And I think we, I think like we stuck with that for six months and then finally decided this is unfruitful. This is a waste of time, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and uh, at the start it was great. And then it didn't, it didn't, it didn't last. And um, you know, we felt like we needed to stop wasting our time or, you know, my wife and I, uh, when we were just dating, um, on, on Monday afternoons, we would go, uh, like where I live right now is, is on the border of a shanty town. Mm-hmm. And then in that shanty town, there's like this other more kind of impoverished area that you have to climb quite a hill to, to kind of get to. And we were doing a Bible study every week in this one family's house with them, you know, this couple and their three kids. And um, my wife was doing it faithfully for a while with an intern, and then that intern went home, and and um, through just you know my changing schedule, I was able to start going with her every every week. And about half of the time, they would not be home. Like we would oh. we we would get there. It's you know quite inconvenient of a place to get to. It's not like hiking up into the mountains or something, but you know like we'd take a bus and then a, a, another taxi, and then there's kind of a hike for about twenty minutes or so. And so it's like you know that's 
mm-hmm. a waste of time. <laughs> and about half of the time they would, they would not be there and, and not notify us or communicate with us. And uh, we kept doing this for about a year total. And I think it kind of broke our hearts or around the time we got married, we made the decision to just stop. And, um, you know, so some people, um, they might persevere longer than a year. They might keep on doing something that's unfruitful or other people might have more sense than I do and, and stop wasting their time earlier than that. Uh, you know, we'd pray about it. We felt like God wanted us to show them our, our perseverance, our, our love for them. So, I mean, you know, I felt like there was a lot of false starts or, or un, unfruitful kind of um, times of, of trying to disciple people who, who, who didn't want to grow. Right. And uh, anyway, I hope, I hope that answers your question a little bit. Yeah. I'd like to key in on something before we move on. Um, sure. It, you know, you mentioned that there, there are these times when you just kind of keep doing things and keep doing things and it doesn't seem to work and you move on to the next thing. I think there's this sense, especially coming from a North American or kind of a European culture that in the kingdom, we build things. Mm-hmm. And I know that for myself, I continually struggle to bring myself back to the idea that the kingdom of heaven is about sowing and reaping, about obedience mm-hmm. and faithfulness, not about building a thing. And for me, I always want to see immediate fruit. And right. so I, I struggle with that idea of sowing and waiting for something and sowing and waiting right. for something. Well, if, if you don't mind me kind of uh, sure. answering or commenting on that, um, I, I think you listened or, or you read something of mine uh, more recently about uh, about uh, the, the neighbors we've seen come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one thing my wife and I have, have tried to make sure we're doing is actually pray about decisions we make. I mean, I, I know that sounds simple, but not just assume because something is a good idea, we should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we started uh, having um, time together to pray about our neighbors and what we're going to do in this neighborhood, and when our, our, our leader approached us and, and gave us ideas, and everything he said sounded good, but as we prayed, we felt like, that sounds good, but we don't think we should do that. Right. Like, we, you know, we, we would get a sense from the Lord that doesn't sound like it'll work for us or it doesn't seem like a fit, or maybe if he were doing that, it would work for him. Right. And then we just would, would meet with two of our students on Monday nights and, you know, around April, it's August now at the time of this recording. Um, so we started meeting with these two students to just pray and seek God about what to do with our neighborhood. And we had a strong sense that we wanted to build something in this neighborhood that if my wife and I moved to Canada would still exist when we go home, you know, right. or, or not, I, I keep saying go home, but go back. I should just say, go back. This is home. And uh, so then somehow we started using this whiteboard, like I was always vision casting on it or drawing things, but we'd start writing names of neighbors we interact with on the whiteboard and pray for them and say, okay, this week, um, you know, let's make sure to try to spend time at least an hour with somebody whose name we put on the whiteboard this week. And then in a matter of, of weeks, we started pe- seeing people actually come to know the Lord from both A, we're praying for them, and B, making this concerted effort to go interact with them, go spend time with them, go invite them for coffee. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think like a mistake we would make is pray and not do anything in some cases for, for the people we're ministering to, right. or minister and not really be praying and making sure like, is this really how God wants us sowing that seed? And so uh, we made sure that we've, we've stuck to this routine on Monday nights Unless the spirit leads like in a different way, but sure. typically we pray for people. And this past week, 
Now, there was just five of us in the room praying, two of the people being uh, recent uh, neighbors who, who've, well, um, the first guy who, the first convert who, who came to Christ from, from doing this uh, and his mom. And we were, we were praying and I, I kind of changed the rule and I said, okay, if you put a name of someone on the board, it's because you're going to spend time with this, them this week and you want us to pray for, for God to you know, do something. Mm-hmm. And second, if you pray out loud for a name on the board, don't pray for the name you put on the board, pray for someone else. And oh, yeah. um, so like we've been doing that for the last few months. And, and at first we just saw like five, five people get saved. And then kind of like nothing. We're, we're praying week after week for some people mm-hmm. and not seeing a lot of breakthrough. And I was asking the Lord about that recently um, because of the, uh, that and another thing uh, I'll be a little more vague about because it's personal. But another thing in my life, um, I saw this kind of huge explosion in in fruit right away and then it kind of trailed off. And I asked the Lord, like, you know, how come these two things start off like so good, but now we don't see like an, another person coming to Christ every week. It's kind of stalled. And he said, well, I did that. The Lord kind of, you know, spoke to me and said, mm-hmm. you di- I did that uh, like in an explosion at first to encourage you that it, it can be done and to do it. Mm-hmm. And because otherwise, if it was like more delay, I think it would have um, been been harder for, for my wife and I to persevere. But having neighbors come to Christ almost instantly at first, right away, has been a huge encouragement for us to keep on. Uh, persevering and praying for neighbors by name to know, you know, how God's having us go about this. And uh, I hope I didn't ramble off too much on on that question. But no, no, actually, I love the way this is going. Even though we're having an organic conversation, you know, this isn't really (laughs) scripted. We've already answered the next two questions I would have asked in terms of how God revealed something to you and some of the things that are going on currently in your ministry. I I think it's excellent that these things are top of mind for you. And um, I think that's amazing the way God just showed you, hey, I did this thing for you quickly so that you'd be encouraged so that you'd keep doing it. Um, right. I think that's amazing. Um, I would like to move on, though. We, we have yeah. about uh, 10 or 15 minutes left, and I, I do want to be sensitive to your time and also to the length of the interview. Um, so I'd like to okay. move to the, the question that we talked about. Um, you know, our audience isn't necessarily made up of people who feel called to vocational ministry. Yes, they care about missions. Right. They care very deeply about missions, but they feel called to the marketplace. What would you tell somebody who is called to the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in business really matters for the kingdom? First, I would say, um, yes, it does matter. Yes, it does matter. You know, I'm a, I'm a quote unquote career missionary mm-hmm. at this time of my life. But, um, you know, some of us, like we struggle with the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. You know, we, mm-hmm. we look at our friends on Facebook. I look at people I went to Bible school with and kind of wish like, Lord, why am I, am I, why am I over here? You know, why can't I be back in North America in some other, you know, marketplace context or whatever. And, and then I have friends who say, you know, sometimes they feel the same way. Like, why am I not over on the mission field or whatever? But if, if you're where God has you, if you're where God's called you to be, then like, there you go. What's the problem? You're where God wants you to be. And some people are, are going to be more fruitful, uh, in a, uh, marketplace. And I don't, I don't just mean like, okay, if you're, you're in the marketplace and you've got, you've got, um, money. So that means you can finance the missionaries, right. but that you're, you're in a path or you're in a location that God decided you're the only one that can reach the people you're around in, in that setting. Or, you know, if you're listening and, 
uh, you're, you're doing blue collar work or whether you're doing white collar work. Um, but like if, if you believe you're where God has you in your calling in your life, then that basically means God trusts you to be doing what you're doing and not something else, you know? So, um, I don't know if that encourages anyone, uh, it encourages me anyway, uh, with, but if you're, if you're called to the marketplace or you're called to whatever the profession is, and that is how God's going to, to use you in the, the global picture of advancing his kingdom on the earth, then be encouraged about how you, how you do it. And, and like I said a second ago, it's, and, you know, not just so you can finance like other people that are doing the, um, uh, you know, mission work or something, uh, like Brian, you, you have a, like a, a a full-time uh, job, I understand, but yet you you get to do a podcast like this. You know, God's put it on your heart to piece interviews together that it doesn't matter where in the world you're sitting at a table or a computer to do this, you know? Like, so I'm doing the same thing. I've got a podcast and I, I just happen to sit at a desk in Peru and during the days of the week, I'm doing other other stuff uh, with, with my time to, you know, uh, be fruitful. And so, you know, what you, you would do during the week is no, no less or no more important in, in God's eyes. Cause it's, a, it's more of a matter of being faithful to whatever the talents are, whatever the skills and, and gifts God's given you. And I think uh, when, when you, when people look at that parable of the talents, you know, God gave, you know, one of them, uh, like I, I I'm having a, a brain freeze about the amounts, but in the end, the, the last one mm-hmm. only had one thing. And he buried it. He didn't do anything with it. Well, we don't know what what those talents were. We don't know. I mean, they're like an amount of money, right? But like, as far as the symbolism of what what that represents, you know, it's not a matter of are you overseas or are you in North America. It's what are you doing with what I gave you to do. You know, that's all. That's that. That's what God's going to ask of of each of us on on that faithful day. Yeah. What did you do with the talent I gave you, or the calling I gave you. He's, he's not going to say, well, yeah, the missionary or the, the pastor or the, the church leader, they're more special. Come here. You get a bigger reward. Like it's, it doesn't right. work that way. You know, it's, it's going to be, what did you do with what I called you to do? And some people are, are called to marketplace. Yeah. Just the other day I was out for a walk and I saw some small fish in a, in a, in a river. And I thought to myself, you know, I bet that small fish never thinks to himself, man, I wish I was a bigger fish. And yet, we, I know that for myself, I struggle with that all the time. And I know that that's nothing more than the pride of life, the boastful pride of life that we struggle against, that God is conforming us to the image of Christ, not to the image of this world. And at the same time, I recognize that in my own life, I, I'm one of those guys that looks at the, the grass on the other side and says, you know, maybe it is greener over there. But I'm trying to be faithful with what God's given me at the same time. Now, um, I'm sure that we do have some people who are listening who are already supporting a missionary financially or in prayer, but they'd like to do more. If they really wanted to level up their game, what's one thing they could do to further encourage or support a missionary? Um, I can't speak for, for other missionaries, but Mm -hmm. in general, um, I don't know that it, that it, that it matters about if it's, if they step up their game with a certain like amount or, or communicate to the missionary that they're praying for them or, or how they go about praying for their, their fruitfulness or their success, uh, in the missionary, in the mission field. Um, you know, as, as, as I've had to raise more support as a married man, as opposed to when I was single and, and needed less, um, I've been, I've been really thinking about it in terms of like, 
a, a quote I heard recently where where um, William Carey or what was his name, uh, the missionary to uh, I, I the name slips in my mind, but mm-hmm. it was in the eighteen hundreds, and he was about to go to China, and he told he told his supporters, "I'm I'm just going into the pit, but I need you to hold the rope." You know, like you're you're with me in this, uh, even if you're just at the top holding the rope, and I'm in the pit, uh, ha- hanging onto the other end of the rope. Um, you're 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 working with the missionary you've who whose rope you're holding. You know, whether it's whether it's a five dollar or a five thousand um, dollar donation, like mm-hmm. you, you're just as responsible. So um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I understand the question exactly about like how to step up their game, but. I always appreciate when I hear from the people who tell me how they're storming the heavens in prayer for me, whether whether they're financing me or not, mm-hmm. because even if they can't finance me, well, then they can storm the heavens and get God to speak to like other people's hearts who can. Right. Um, and then and the people who do finance us, um, I've, I've developed the impression, you know, they pray for us too. I mean, they, they want to know that their, their investment in this ministry is – is a good return on investment. You know, it's not going to be a return right. like financially on their investment, but they want to know it's a good return on investment. And so, um, I feel like my answer to that question would be at, like communicate with them and, and let them know how you pray for them. Let them know that you do pray for them, right. uh, encourage them. Uh, and whether that amount of money has so many zeros after the, the <laughs> first number, uh, is not as important, right. you know? Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Actually, communication has been a common theme. Just hearing back from people that I mm. hear can can make a difference. Now, we do need to go ahead and transition to the speed round. Sure. This is where I get to ask you some questions and you give us your amazing short answers. Does that sound like a plan? Okay. So what's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? That things take time and don't happen like overnight. Okay. What's the best advice you've ever received? Say thank you. Oh, thank your supporters. That's good. Do you have a personal habit that you strongly believe contributes to the success you've seen? Prayer. And and when I say prayer, I don't mean like prayer, like, yeah, we're supposed to be praying, Mm -hmm. but like trying to make sure that I'm asking God, like, is this really what we should do? Mm -hmm. You know? So otherwise, I mean, if if there's that Psalm that says, if the Lord's, um, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Uh, So like ask him what he's building and get a part of it. Do you have an internet resource that you use and can share with our listeners? Um, it depends on on what the listener is looking for, like what kind of resource. Uh, Google Documents. Okay. <laughs> for the way um, you can collaborate online and you don't have to share back and forth with the other collaborators. Right. Uh, you know, like update this document. Okay, don't open up the last email. Open up this email. No, right. but I mean, it's right there on online in the cloud. So. Okay. That's a great resource. And do you have a book that you would recommend for our listeners? Um, I, if you asked me ten different times, I would have a different answer. But okay, the way the way I'll answer that question is: right now, I'm reading a book called "The God Ask." Mm-hmm. Um, somebody bought it for me for my birthday, and it's it's about fundraising. Uh-huh. It's about understanding uh, how to ask God for your finances and 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 who He may be directing you to ask. Um, but along with that, I'd also read or recommend, there's a book called uh, The Missional Entrepreneur, and okay. I forget the name of that author. And um, so I think both books have a different angle, but uh, 
you know, some listeners might need to, to read a book like The Missional Entrepreneur and okay. understanding um, tent making. Uh-huh. And any other book is fundraising. So, Okay, that's good. Um, and with that, we're going to go ahead and go a little tiny bit deeper. Uh, probably okay. just um, one or two more questions before we before we cut this off, because we are kind of coming up on about 30 minutes okay. for the interview. And also, my son is starting to wake up, and he's going to be crying in a minute. So I want <laughs> right. to be sensitive to his needs as well. Sure. So um, really probably just two questions to go. Um, what would you tell someone who's living in North America, and they've just started to realize that their neighbors and coworkers are from a country that used to be considered missionary territory? Uh, I can't say that um, I have a, a good answer off the top of my head to that uh-huh. because I can put myself in that position where I I know what it's like to, to live amongst neighbors where I'm the foreigner and I'm the, the visitor, I'm the guest. And so maybe I would encourage the listener to um, you know be mindful that these people might realize they're guests and maybe maybe they don't even know that where they're from is considered mission territory because where i'm at in peru you know these guys send missionaries you know there's churches here that send missionaries to the jungle or the mountains and um and so you could talk to people who don't feel like they're a missions receiving country right uh so so i would i would be mindful that um you know that the great commission it does involve going and but it doesn't it doesn't mean okay, North America is the only place people are sent from and we're the most important, you know, we're on this mountain and we go down into the valley, but that like God sends people uh, from whatever country, whatever culture. And so I'm not not sure if that answers the question. Steve, I I, got to tell you that what you shared right now is so huge for us to get our heads around. Right. Uh, Just, you know, speaking from personal experience, uh, I was talking to a missionary, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 months ago who said, you know, um, he's in um, Central America. He said, we're sending missionaries out. Right. He's from North America. He's there. But he said, they're sending missionaries out. They're sending them to Africa. They're sending missionaries to North America. I was like, yeah. Oh, that, I mean, it turned my 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 thoughts on their head. I can't even put it into words because I'm still processing the idea that wait a minute, we're also a missions destination. Yeah. Um, and so that that's huge. And I'm really thankful that you shared with us. Now we are almost done. I'd like okay. to just get maybe one last piece of advice from you and then the best way for somebody to get to connect with you. I would I would say if if you do get to go on a trip, you eat short term, mm-hmm. uh, do it, but um, ask you know, like if, if you're going to go to a certain country or, or it doesn't matter where, but communicate and ask those local missionaries or those local pastors uh, what they need instead of telling them what you want to do and asking them if they can set that up. Uh, yeah. Because we love when people come and there's a difference between when um, a youth group or a church has an agenda and they want to find the missionaries who will fulfill it right. versus people who want to serve and they know what we're doing and they want to help us. And so um, the response you'll get from from the people you contact and communicate with mm-hmm. will will uh, differ depending on what your goal is. Are you Do you want to go serve and help them? Or is it like a glory trip, as I call it, <laughs> where um, you're just trying to find the missionary who's going to um, help you set up what it is you already have determined you want to do. Um, but at any rate, go. I, I recommend going. Uh, 
it, it's eye-opening, well worth the experience. I never went on any short-term mission trips. I just, I just straight up went first to Holland, uh, lived there a couple of years. You know, then same with Peru. I went on a six-week trip. But I encourage if you get to go, it doesn't matter if you're marketplace minister right. uh, and your long-term calling is something else. If you get to, it's worth it. And, uh, and, and for how to contact me or at least get in touch, we have a blog, stevebremner.com. Okay. Uh, the, the podcast you mentioned in the beginning, fireonyourhead.com. But even if you go to Steve Bremner, uh, my blog, stevebremner.com, you can still uh, find the podcast there. And yeah, uh, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and these things. And um, we love the, the communication. Okay, excellent. And for those who are listening, um, all of these links, all the resources and everything will be on the show notes page, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Steve Bremner. That's B-R-E-M-N-E-R. So that's where we'll have all that information. Uh, Steve, I'm just so thankful that we got this time together. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. Thank you for having me on. That's the end of the time that we have with Steve Bremner. I'm really thankful that we were able to put this together. I don't know about you, but I really captured a lot from what he shared that's been valuable to me, and I really appreciate that he had the time to do this. All of the links and the resources and everything that we talked about today will be available in the show notes, which are at engagingmissions.com slash Steve Bremner. That's B-R-E-M-N-E-R or slash 22 if that's easier for you. As you notice, if you're a regular listener to the show, the format did change slightly. We just kind of went with the flow as we were talking. Uh, We did follow parts of the format, but not all of it. If you did like that or if you didn't like that, I'd really love to hear from you and get your feedback. You can send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. In fact, if you have any feedback for me about the show or about the website or what we're doing, I'd really, really love to hear from you. That, again, would be feedback at engagingmissions.com. If you're part of my email newsletter, you'll know that there was a little bit of drama this past week. The hard drive for my computer, it looked like it had crashed, and I was really worried that I was going to lose this interview. And I'd like to give a shout out to my friend, Joe Montgomery, who took a look at my computer and was able to identify the problem. And actually, it was just a problem with the hard drive cable. I was able to take my computer to the Apple store and get it repaired fairly inexpensively. Uh, But I do want to give that shout out to Joe Montgomery. And for anybody who prayed about the situation, I let a few people know what was going on. And I really appreciate that. Uh, I was really worried that we weren't going to get this episode out there. Uh, Finally, if you've never left a rating or review for the show, I would really appreciate it if you would do that. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. There's a quick video there that shows you everything that you need to know about how to do that. And also, if you've never subscribed, I'd really appreciate it if you'd do that as well. Not only will you get all of these episodes delivered directly whenever we update them, but also that helps raise the visibility of the show in iTunes or Stitcher Radio or any of the other services that you might use. Doing that really helps us get into the ears of other people and connect with them and help them find the stories of missionaries just like Steve Bremner or any of our former guests. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.